listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. 19 minutes past, actually 20 minutes past the hour, 1 o'clock. We are, are on the live couch. 067-153-1089 is the number you can use to touch base with us. So, uh, Pastor Pumelele, it's so tricky, yes, my but... friend, because I'm always, <laughs> I've never called you that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, we were speaking earlier on, and you said if there was a, 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 a billboard it will say sure. you know it will give the essence of who you are and when you walk in every room you always make sure yes. that it is clear about being a jesus girl yeah now, it's clear that had it not been for the lord i would definitely not be here mm. so, so let's that's, get that's into my message that's my thing let's get into the matters of the heart how has that sure. affected how you do i mean has it affected maybe let me ask it like this had, <laughs> had, has it affected how you in, people interact with you in Mcholoville, yeah. in Cochville, hey, in Maratoville. My <laughs> <laughs> All I'll say you would be somehow the plane sails Lapaya Mcholoville somewhat level. I'm gonna go because maybe the pastoral grace upon you and apostolic grace, uh, you will get by easy. You know, there's still challenges even for me uh, that. Uh, have me running back to Jesus in tears. <laughs> Yo, help. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Today, the theme of the conversation is themed the See Me Love. And sure. purely because it is inspired by your story and your journey, but most importantly, by stories of a lot of people that grows up sure. in the spotlight. We've got a Michael Jackson sure. that grows up in the spotlight. We've sure. got, you know, your kids in South Africa that we've seen grow up. Something about growing up in the spotlight makes people sure. feel like they they know you, but also they then feel like they can be God around your journey. Sure. Share with Ooh. us some of those experiences with you having grown up being a, a very young preacher, growing up yeah. leading in conferences, being exposed. You know, you are this talented sure. kid who's anointed, yeah. but you are in the spotlight. How is that? How was that yeah. for your journey? That's a very good question, my friend, and I'll answer it as best as I can. So imagine this. 13 years old, you're already invited in conferences. You're the guest speaker. And because the the, the calling is so great upon your life, uh, even Nala Bandabatala, who gets to dress you up for these events, somewhat forget that you're a teenager. So you're somewhat dressed up a little more mature than a 13-year-old. And that will somehow get a young pastor in that church thinking, this is the wife. Mm. So from a very early age, I found myself in the conversation visiting, Pastor Sorenso would like to marry you. Mm. Right. So that was hectic on its own. Mm. Uh, but growing up and having to discover myself and getting to realize, which many of the people that come through with intentions of having a relationship with me um, were somewhat looking to be in a relationship with the pastor and not mm. with me because as much as this is the same person uh, but there's a grace for me to function in the office of being a pastor but there's still a young girl in me um, you know who wants to be loved who wants to be taken care of you know mm. and so the lines have gotten very blurry for a very good long time in my mm. life where I was not sure if people were coming to me because of me or people were coming to me hoping to find 
uh, the next worshiper for their church mm. or getting to find, you know. So it had always had that connotation and I think there's a benefit for them. And I was not even aware which is that how people would look at it. Mm. So for the longest of time, I got into relationships and actually realized which it was for the one party to benefit in terms of what I could do for them, mm. especially in this, in this role of being a pastor. And yeah, I mean, I want to get a bit deeper into that. I want to get it deeper into that because I mean, we are church kids and we're having a conversation as church kids, but there's a lot of young people, especially young women in the church that have found themselves in situations where everybody was looking at, are you going to be the, like, it's never about, I want to do life with you because God has told me, you know, it's about how do you look good in my CV? How do you look good when I'm going to preach? How do you look good when I'm, how can we dispel that culture? Because as you're saying that you were a young kid growing up, people that were coming Mm. to you to tell you, let's start with the people who were dressing you. They didn't give you an expression of a young girl who's called by God. They put it to peace already. I think my first uh, meeting with a pastor who was asking for my hand in marriage, I was in grade 11. Imagine. And yeah, I, and you know, I think my pastor just felt defeated because he was like, people are going to think I'm fooling. But like, this kid is at school as we are speaking right now. Like, she's from class. We are waiting for her with her from class, you know? So it was, I was in grade 11. I met with this young pastor who was 35. Imagine. I'm saying young now because now I understand. <laughs> but yeah, he was, <laughs> he was 35 and I was in grade 11. And this man of God from, I think from around 12, we met and around five, only at five, he told me he wants to marry me. So the whole day he's busy telling me where he's come from, what he's been through. And I'm thinking, I haven't even done half of what you've done in your life. Imagine. But already you are, you are calling me to such an assignment. And from there, it was always that case. It was okay. Now, as a as a as a preacher, um, um, people look at you and they're excited. I'm busy with music, so I'm on TV every now and again. So you know, you, you, I'm getting a bit more popular now. Things start to get blurry, even for me. To say, that's what am I looking for? Am I also looking for a young man who opened the mic and then the house ends up? What am I looking for now in a partner? Now mm. I was the one who had to now struggle with figuring out what am I trusting God for when it comes to a spouse? Am I, mm. am I trusting God for a spouse that the church is going to approve of and applaud? Uh, maybe uh, qualify and say he looks good for me. What am I trusting God for? And that calls me to go back to God and say, Lord, for a spouse, I am trusting you. You know me, you know my weaknesses, you know what I need in a partner. And at this point, I'm not sure because it's the brothers in the suit that seem like what I want, but I know you see beyond the suit and everything else. You know, I love that. It's the brothers in the street, Lord, <laughs> that I want. I see your yeah. name, but God, have you seen your <laughs> brothers in the streets? Have you been to the streets, Jesus? Can I be? <laughs> have you have you had a whiff of those brothers' colognes, Lord Jesus? Help us. Not that we're brother, but we're busy. I was praying for the cologne, God. You know, right, listen. God said, Lord, help me. We'll get back to this part because I really sure. want to get into how did you find and discover your own voice in terms of love. But sure. before we get into that, yeah. I want to get back into 
that space of being in the church, being a young person, sure. um, now you are expected to get married. There's that sure. gift that's coming up. And this conversation, I don't just want to limit it to church because there are people who are born in rich families that are in the spotlight yeah. because of their parents. And all of a sudden, True. they're expected to date a person from a certain family, live a certain life. True. So the spotlights are a lot in the space. Yeah. Let's talk about mm. being, I mean, how much investment when these invitations starts coming, you know, for sure. romantic interest. Yeah. Is there any point where you are seeing oh brother that is not maybe conventionally like who's in the church but is not in the pulpit? Because all of a sudden, I mean your gift made you to attract people of gifts who have of certain caliber and certain experiences. Sure. Yeah. How but your eyes, when you see your peers, what were your conversations within yourself about your peers? Um, I'll be very honest with you and with the people of God listening right now. When the gift upon my life was discovered, mm. the elders in Kosi assigned to my life at that time were very careful to somewhat control, a, not really to, to control what I do, where I go, and but to try and control or, or to try and protect, let me rather say protect than control. Um, the gift and me as well uh, as the carrier being such a young person. So um, the conversations I would have with young people, I, I can assure you it was like-minded young people. And there was this teaching that we were constantly consuming um, that spoke to how we ought to live our lives in a way that will, of course, glorify God and God was going to work out the rest of every other part of our lives. I, mm. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Yes. So these people were so intentional about teaching us about the word of God and what, what God expects of us um, so much that when we found ourselves in situations, we somewhat had like a generic answer to things. We, mm. we, there was not enough room for me to to think like in my own capacity as a, a teenage girl, but I, maybe this is what I want to do. But Somewhat, my, my, my thought process was um, full of these teachings mm. because that's what our lives consisted of. So this is why in, in, in some of the blunders that I've made as a young person, I feel it was because I, 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 I dwelt so much into these teachings, which were very good teachings, and I'm a product of these teachings, but they, it's not like the whole world was getting these teachings. Mm. I still had to live in a world that was not getting these teachings. So mm. I did seem a bit odd. I In high school, apparently, uh, I'm hearing now on Facebook from people I went to school with, I was too uptight. I mm. like <laughs> So people wouldn't be comfortable to have general teenage conversations with me. They knew when it was a conversation with me, it was somewhat <laughs> landed me, giving them a hot sermon, you know? <laughs> so... Yeah, man, I'm a proper church person. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was that. Even my teachers, I would be having lunch with teachers, and not just talking about school. No, I'm there giving life lessons of what God expects of us and what this world needs. No, it was hectic. So yeah, my my peers, we never really had got to speak about the things they were experiencing outside of this church life or this Christian life that we were living. So someone, maybe one can say my life was boring, but trust me, I was on fire for Jesus. I love that fire for Jesus. Yeah. But where do you then mm. find your uh, your own voice? Because as you're saying, when sure. you're growing up, there's 
all these teachings that are, are filling up your head yeah. and are filling up your way of thinking and acting. Sure. Where do you then find that voice for yourself to now say, this is now what I like? Because yes, mm-hmm. this is what a man yeah. of God looks like. This is what a woman of God. Maybe let's even take it a bit further and say, when did you find yourself outside of the identity sure. of your gift? Sure. That's a very good question. My goodness me. Uh, I would say 23 years I've graduated varsity and I am like, okay. Firstly, in varsity, throughout varsity, I, I still felt a bit out of tune with, I don't know if to say reality or life at, a, at that age, because in varsity, I was, I was still the same person I was in high school. I'm, I'm focused on Jesus. When I'm free, I'm attending any prayer that is available. So I, I feel like at 23, I had that moment where I'm like, yo, um, okay, now the, all these elders that have been monitoring me all this time are now trusting me to be an adult and apply all the teachings that I've got. What is it that I want? What is it that I like? What is it that I want for myself? And I realized which, that picture looked very differently mm. to what I had been taught all my life because more than anything, I just wanted somebody that would love me. And mm. and in loving me, of course, that person should have a relationship with Christ, with Christ Jesus because I come from a very abusive background where um, I, I suffered somewhat of... Um, uh, physical abuse, so I wouldn't want anybody that would harm me. But I didn't know how that looked like because the, you would assume that that's what the men in the church are like. But when you are with them, like one-on-one, you get to realize they speak like every other man. Young mm. when, when it's in the shelling, mm. it, the brother speaks like a umji, there's no scripture quoting because again at that 23 I've realized the ones who are coming my scriptures I'd be like uh, it's a no for me <laughs> and not because I don't want the scripture but because um, yeah for me it was like yes but no uh, let's have a conversation you know mm. I'm all for scriptures I, I love and appreciate that but now we are talking about favorite colors you know mm. don't tell me purple because it represents royalty no come down <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> so I would find the church brothers very strong, and I would find um, the brothers who are also like saved, but who are not in the limelight. Um, I would find them saying they can't relate to me because apparently I'm too straight. So I had to find myself really when I'm not um, in, in when I'm not preaching, when I'm not doing like what type of person am I? Bonkaban cannot say I'm unapproachable because that's mm. another thing when I ask people we try and be these voties. Uh, and then you are ending up not being a nice person. That you also have, like you have to be a nice person, <laughs> like for people to be attracted to this Jesus. So you be nice, you yes. know. So when people are saying you are unapproachable, because I'm like, yeah, because girls, we need to tone it down. We are mm. so rude in the name of being powerful. You know? I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I was one of those girls because when I hear people saying you are you are very unapproachable, I'm like, but why? Mm. Looking at how I enjoy having conversations. Why do people feel like I was closed mm. off? Yeah, so, and they can't all be lying. Mm. Yeah, but so it was very difficult to relate to me and have general conversations with me. 
067-153-1089. If you are listening to us and you want to be part of the conversation, do send, do share your views with us. Send us a voice note or a text message. 067-153-1089. I want to continue on that um, the conversation of, you know, I mean, here you are being approachable as a person sure. in the spotlight. Because I also have had a privilege of knowing a lot of influential people who... Sure. Are like yeah, everyone really is coming, and I'm like, so, so one of them I was telling them, I was like, as in, benga was no was go to ban shem man figure with the situation, because they grew yeah. up in a space where everybody knew them, and then they enter a room and then ah. we don't know them. I'm like, but that's was, and automatically they're already Yay. thinking, yes, one man was a game of young as. So how do you deal sure. with toning the expectations down and really because even those that really think they know you, they know your gift. They've not sat with you they for lunch. Like They've not sat with you. They don't know you the things that interest you. But what's with food today? Yes. And then they come concluding that. Yes. So how how would you advise like women, especially in the church, who are in the forefront, who are you know known sure. for their gifts, to a, a, entire room and still introduce themselves? I would say. Nina, it had to take the Holy Spirit, and I will uh, commend my 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 pastors. Uh, I come from a church that really celebrated me and celebrated my gift. Mm. So if Benla Hamba is threatened and thinking celebrating Shaisuk, it would be because of my church. Mm. <laughs> right? In my church, I was properly celebrated. <laughs> in the celebration that I was getting in my church, I'm minister. And then after ministering to Mekone Nabangambani, we are having that exclusive conversation because Tina Pelasiasisa, everybody <laughs> talking about us, everybody is excited. My pastor would call me out of my friends and be like, go crazy, be energy minister to these people. Mm. Yeah, like, go crazy. But me, like, they should come to me. That was in my head, but my pastor would send me to that. So my pastor was intentional about teaching me how to be a servant and not take this um, celebration to my head. Love so he would that. sensitize me very quickly. Which, but you minister to those people, and they are sending their the masabuzo Now you go and actually take a photo with them. Mm. Like we would preach them, and people are so excited that hey, you gave a powerful word. My pastor would ask me to go and dish up instead of making me eat at the flame lava fundi. So he would always try and bring me back to the people mm. sector. So, hey, bro, we are all about people. Like, mm. it's, it's, at the end of the day, we are called for the people. You can't be celebrity to the people you are called for. So mm. I would advise any young woman who gets to minister to the people of God. After a powerful verse in Kasekai, these people need to be loved. Jesus mm. loves these people. After mm. all that intellectual knowledge and that you have and the, the revelation that God has given you, the people of God, they just need to be loved. And after the Holy Spirit worked on me on that, on being humble, not getting to places and immediately expect to be taken to the front seat. The Holy Spirit worked on me thoroughly. Mm. Using all these seats you are looking for with chair covers, hey, sit down. You get a chair, sit down. Tell the people of God, go back home. Yes. Like, really, this is all about God. And and it, it, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I would advise everybody to take the time to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Abanye, um, you, you, when you think they just want to take a photo, they're actually coming for your number because they need to talk. 
you know, so women mm. really had to help me to say, I go to my phone or relax. They just want to have your contact number mm. so that they can talk to you. And some of them, they need prayers, but they can't tell you here. And yeah, so I had to learn that I actually, yes, I'm celebrated, but I'm not a celebrity. I'm a child of God. I love that. We're going to take a short yeah. end break to stay on the line. On the <laughs> other side of the short break, I want to speak about the other part of the story where, you know, growing up in the limelight, you say by around 23, you started to know what you really wanted for yourself sure. and f- discovering your own voice. But at mm-hmm. 23, you are still young and you are still yeah. unfolding and still trying to get yourself and now starting to sure. get into relationships that are proper, but they don't always mm. work out the way we want. So I want to learn about, I mean, yeah. other people, especially who didn't grow up in the church, they get to practice a lot and do a lot of errors before those <laughs> me- before those errors count, right? They yeah. do them at primary school, no one remembers. <laughs> they do them at high school, but no one really cares. You know? And me now, I must just do it once and do it right. Yes. As a child yeah. of God, when I you're supposed to do it once and do it right but here you are now at 23 and now you are making mistakes but now in the public eye because your fame is still there Mm. your light is growing Mm. your gift is giving you putting you in rooms but you are still making mistakes so let's unpack that on on the other side of this how did you recover from those mistakes my strength is for protection not harm my words to build not shatter my resources to uplift not exploit. Hope Alive Radio condemns and stands against all forms of gender-based violence. No human life should suffer at the hands of another. Together, let's stop this pandemic, eroding our society and humanity. Hope Alive Radio, shaping minds for a better future. Hi, I'm Noni Rasiloma, and I'm the founder of Crowned Women Movement. The first awakened worship experience is happening on the 10th of September, and I invite you all to come and worship with us. The event is packed with a lineup of phenomenal and powerful worshipers who are all women, as our organization is focused on women and girl-child empowerment. I greatly anticipate God to do wonders and fill all who come with expectant hearts. I look forward to seeing you and having a blessed time in the presence of God. See you then. 22 minutes, uh, 12 minutes was the top of the hour. If you're just joining us, uh, welcome. You're listening to the GM, well, to the Midday Hangout right here on uh, uh, Hope Alive Radio Station. This is actually the Love Couch. And this month we are celebrating queens. We have amazing, well, I'm bringing amazing friends of mine that I've worked with, whom I know, who have stories that are worth sharing. And uh, today we're looking at growing up in the spotlight. You know, it could be any spotlight, but we are looking at it from a church girl who grows up in a spotlight, who goes out and does amazing things, and she continues. I mean, when I met her, we were young. We were kids in high school. And I was like, who is that girl who is such a fire for God? And over the years, she's remained consistent. If anything in our friendship, the one thing that has remained is the God part of of it all. But Mfundiswam, we are back and growing up in the public eye. <laughs> and now you're starting to find your voice. Unfortunately, your joys, we all see them, especially in the age of social media. But we also are able to also see 
and it becomes amplified when things don't go right your way. How have you dealt with some of the public disappointments, some of the public errors, some of the public missteps and the conversations that happen behind your back? Because everybody has something to say about that. Oh, it has been so tough. It, it challenged me as a believer. It challenged me as a minister. It really challenged me as a woman, as a person, you know, mm. trusting God for a family. And when I thought I was ready and only to find um, I I missed a few of the marks and I hit the wall. And, you know, the whole process of having to forgive myself, the whole process of having to um, accept that that was the situation. And, yeah, man, and trust God to help me move on, you know, mm. because that, that failure was not um, the end of me. I'm referring to the end of my my engagement, yes, you know, everything <laughs> was public, like you're saying. Mm. Let's get a little bit into that. I mean, here you are, sure. you're living for God, and Emma Sontuin is cooler, Valenge, Mshatu Yatandu and Gonzrin. Like, Mshatu into Yetu, it's like, Natis Pilelenge, which is shat. I get going on the Bagutem Shatuins, Jabula's Jablanga, Inge Shatanji. Exactly. And sometimes, I mean, you were a graduate. You sure. have been serving God, singing in big, yes. um, backing big artists, being invited sure. as an artist yourself. You know, you've done so much yes. in your journey, but none I of have. those things sometimes become enough until we see you umiswa, upaganiswa. <laughs> it's like, so that moment comes, you are engaged, everybody's excited, and then as the journey unfolds, that journey has to end. Let's talk about the day yeah. when you realize that you have to call it off. When you find out mm. all the things that you found out, which we're not going to discuss in this interview. Sure. But um, that day when you knew which in tomorrow, I have to tell everybody that I was saying halala to, who was saying halala to me. What was the conversations were you having with yourself? And how do you bring yourself to still choose you in that space yes. instead of running away and saying, hey, let me just stay. Yeah, I think I would want to start my answer by saying, first and foremost, um, I felt like I am 27 years old. Um, I cannot get to sit in Ashata. Imagine, imagine that was literally one of the heaviest things on my shoulders. And already I was starting to get the Ushatanini question. So, when we went on a few dates with this brother and he started saying marriage, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't hear anything else besides that. Mm. I was like, oh, is this it? Is this what's going to save me from the embarrassment of Ushatanini? Is this what's going to mm. save me from um, uh, right? Not that I was not in love. I was crazy in love. I was excited. I wanted to get married. But to be honest with you, on the day in Emile Pambili, not even on the day in Emile, in the day before Amalobolo, I called my big brother. I said to him, no, no, no. The actual morning Amalobolo, I said to my big brother, I, I don't think this is it. And my brother was like, no, no, no. It's nerves. Every woman goes through it. I was like, okay, cool. But on the Sunday, must me at church, mm. 
and my pastor was getting ready to announce it, and already the church was going crazy. I think I had a thought in my head that said they would judge me more if I told them now. Mm. It would be a bigger story if I said it now. <laughs> right? Mm. So I was not honest with myself to say I, I could tell with Neman this thing was not moving right. It, did, it, it showed the signs with no and I was so ashamed of what people were going to say. Uh, and I was like, you know what? This will, will we know how, how cruel the church community can be, mm-hmm. especially when they feel good. Yeah. Because the stories were, yeah, very big. You know, mm-hmm. so it was all of these things. And, um, I think I sat down with him and I said to him, uh, I, I don't think it, it's going to take us to the altar, this thing. We need to inform our family. So I was, it was very sad. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. I, I wished it did not happen to me, but I've also learned and I've grown from it. Now I am at a place where I understand, um, what the institution of marriage is about mm. and it's not dependent on my age it's not mm. dependent on on my accolades but this is a god institution and it is god who decides who goes into it and when mm. i love that so i, I had to that. set myself free from those from those statements and those pressures mm. i have I had to tell myself when person asks me, Shatanini, I'll tell them when the Lord permits and the Lord does it for me, I will definitely, because I do love the institution. I'm trusting God for it, mm. but I want it at God's time and with the right person that God has assigned for me. I love that. We are out of time, but before we wrap it up, I just wonder how do you then, how would you advise somebody that has gone through that to forgive, like now they don't understand, they can't even forgive themselves. In so much sure. so, they are even afraid to go on a date with the next person because they're like, hey, in the Bayam, Leani Yeah, what if Nalanang feeling as right? Will I still be forced to go continue with it? So, what kind of, how could you advise that person? What did you do and what are you doing today in your journey to bring yourself to a okay. place of that space? I was that person myself. I thought I will never. I said, this is it until I realized. As a person who drives every day, I see accidents, horrible, mm. horrible accidents. Even in, in, in the car that I drive, I've seen it in accidents that are so hectic, but I still went and I still bought it. Mm. Um, I would say to the person, um, forgive yourself. And I know it sounds as if it's a very easy statement to say, but I'm, I, I'm intentional about saying it, that you need to forgive yourself. And because nobody goes into a relationship hoping that it will end. Mm. And that yours has ended, it, it, it's unfortunate. However, you've got to forgive yourself. Do not deprive the world of the happy version of yourself. Um, you will find somebody you will share your downs with. You'll find somebody that will love you. And that ended relationship has run its course. It's okay. Um, trust God for, for the next phase of your life. 
and it, when when it, when we deal with for, with self forgiving, we then let ourselves grow out of that situation into something better. Because we get into situations so we can learn and become better people. So take all the lessons that were were there in this situation and become a better partner to the next person you're gonna meet. Where I am right now, I am so happy. Um, instead, I'm asking God, Gandhi, God, you can do this. You know, because God has been so good to me. I've learned to love myself, even in phases of life that are different, different issues that I go through. I've learned to love myself and mm. see the love of God, even in those situations. And, and continue to remember that if there's anybody who will love you more than even the spouse you're trusting God for, it is God. Yes. So when you have him, that, that's constant assurance of divine love and mm. for me that's where my head space is I am happy I'm excited about mm. life I'm excited to love I I love love you know and I'm not just giving it romantically but I'm loving everyone around me I'm yeah. giving I'm showing them mm. what how I can love how my, my language of love you know I'm I'm so expressive now because I've learned to go to we try and hide. That is why people will get shocked in because you don't you don't express this is what you love, this is what you want. You know, you always want to come across as this holy sister. No, but just be open and free and me like I I appreciate calls every day. Mm. You know, even when I'm saying uh, I'm busy, I'll I'll take a minute or two to give a call. Mm. So, you know, I'm loving how I love being loved, you know. Love so that. I would advise everybody. Do it the best way you know how. And I love that because for me, the question, the conversation of today, they see me love. I think the greatest person to see you is you first. When you get to see you for you and you appreciate and accept you for you, it's easy to allow the next person to see you without feeling like they are looking at you in a creepy way because you're already comfortable in seeing yourself. Mm. So I really love that. I love the fact that you never gave up on love. I love the fact that even your journey (laughs) as it has been, you've always been able yes. to see the good in the journey, take the values sure. from the journey and use that to mm. take you to where you are. So wishing you all the best yes. in life. Thank you so and much. in love. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, joining no, us. Me, Thank I, you so yeah. much. Have a fantastic one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. That's how we'll wrap it up with uh, our guest, Pastor uh, Pumelele Kanye or Pastor China, depending on where you know her. You're listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station.